keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everyone to Wrestle Roasts. I'm your host, Robert Karpolis, and I know what you're thinking. Why is this show coming out early? Look, it's Thanksgiving week, guys, and Scott and I, as much as we love spending time with each other, apparently need to spend time with our families. That being said, Scott, how are you? I'm feeling good, man. Um, uh, I can hear the enthusiasm radiating here uh as we are recording on a on a tuesday which feels a little weird usually we're we're a thursday evening kind of thing so we're going to be talking full gear 2023 we're going to talk survivor series war games uh, especially after what happened last night on raw uh but first a little bit of housekeeping uh first and foremost the patreon for this week uh, Scotty is going to be doing a bonus episode. He's going to be doing a Patreon where he's going to be talking this week's episode of Dynamite live from Chicago. I'm sure you're you're really excited about that show, Scott. Yeah, yeah. So since we're recording early, I um, and we didn't get to see Dynamite this week, I will be recording and I'll drop the episode Friday morning, I guess. So if you're a Patreon, you'll get a Friday episode um, about Dynamite if if you're craving it and need it. Yes. We could talk the Continental Classic, guys. I'll break down every every opponent in the match. I'll explain to you what the hell it even means. Yes, uh, and uh, we will be back this weekend with our Patreon talking the uh, the Black Friday edition of SmackDown, which is a less problematic statement now that Vince is not in charge. So I think that'll be that'll be good. I recorded a something to sports entertainment with breaking down the Monday Night Raw from November 20th, the go home episode of Survivor Series. That should be up by the time that you are listening to this. We asked Zach to release this episode early. You guys want to hear our takes on full gear and then you want to be able to, you know, start relaxing with the uh, with the family. Are you you doing anything special for Thanksgiving? Oh, you know, I'm going to eat a turkey. I'm going to eat with my mother and my my one sister, which is nice. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to, you know, I, I jump around and try to do a little a little special something for the people I care about uh, every holiday. So I'll be uh, doing a few nice things. How about you? That's nice. I'm hosting this year. So we've got like 22 people. Like it's basically a Royal Rumble. I'm, I'm hosting a Thanksgiving Royal Rumble. And by saying i'm hosting in reality it's rachel doing the the, the prep work and the and all that i'm just the guy who moves tables and that that gets me my credit for saying that i've hosted thanksgiving um so that'll be a lot of fun and like the crazy the wild t- card who's who's showing up that no one no one is expecting <laughs> who's showing up at thanksgiving this year that that really might cause a ruckus uh hopefully not shane strickland i don't need him bleeding all over my turkey 
So, you know, it'll be a nice bird. I want to keep that thing pristine. Uh, I, even though, you know, love, love you, Shane, but no, that's, uh, that's not, I don't need like shards of glass all over the table. Oh God, it was so good. Well, that, well, that, well. that has still kind of been the talk, right? I guess there's new talk with Randy, but there's, there's talk with Randy. There's talk about Max. There's talk about whatever, but yeah, the, uh, the 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 big thing coming out of full gear as of now feels like talking about that death match but screw it let's let's get into into full gear now this was one of the big four i know there's wrestle dream and whatever the thing at the end of the year is that the way tony's family doesn't have to see him but world's end yeah world's end um but we've got uh we've got full gear it was uh from the thing just moved. I knew exactly where it was at the Kia Forum. Kia Forum in LA, yeah. I like how they try to make it seem like that's a major building still. Like it's just kind of the building they haven't knocked down. Yeah, so I'm not even sure where it is because the Staples Center is where, well, it's not called the Staples Center anymore, right? Right. It's whatever the Staples Center is called now. This is in, it's in Inglewood. The, the Kia Forum, like years ago, is where they used to have, uh, you know, the Lakers used to play. So it, it was a historic building, but it's not really like the A venue of Los Angeles. If you're playing LA, you're going to wind up playing whatever the Staples Center is called now. Which and is that's bad. where that's where WWE would play. Yeah, the, generally speaking, they would they would do the the Staples Center. That's where they've had a bunch of like. Summer slams and whatever. Do they uh, still have strongholds over certain buildings? Like when Vince, you know, now that Vince is being pushed out, I want this is something you and Houseman should get on. Get on. You should oh, see if they're still, that. you know, buildings like MSG. If they still got them in a headlock and are uh, waving money at them, or no, right now the the arms race is international. So WWE is doing Australia. They're doing Germany. They're doing France. They've got uh, the Saudi show. AEW ran Wembley like that was their big look at what we can do so as far as U.S. arenas go that's not really the way it works anymore Madison Square Garden will take anybody's money it's a matter of are you willing to pay the the rental fee for those facilities which is the the lowest level barrier of entry and then it's a matter of are those buildings going to make a lot of money you know sometimes they they sign some of these arenas and some of the AEW shows have been like maybe four or 5,000 people in a 15,000-seat arena, and those arenas make their money on per caps. They, the idea that when you walk in, Scott, they're going to make money off you for parking. They're going to make money off of you for, for food and beverage. Uh, they're going to potentially make money off of you because you see some advertising for an upcoming show, and now you're going to buy a ticket for it. And those are all quantifiable numbers, and that justifies why the arena is letting you kind of use it. So that's the the challenge that AEW is facing more than the old days where WWE would be like, oh, if you're running a WCW show, we're just not going to run you anymore. It's not necessarily the case in, in 2023. Hmm. All right. But yeah, you know, Kia for like it's a it's a good venue. Uh it's challenging because Mike was texting us that for the collision before you could get like seventh row seats for 30 bucks. Yeah. I also heard traffic was uh, really bad both nights. So I heard a lot of people missed the uh, pre-show. Well, did you catch the pre-show? I did. I did because, you know, they made it a big deal. 
They, Especially they, with the with the Max uh, Samoa Joe match, I wasn't crazy about the Max. It was Max we'll, Samoa we'll, Joe. We'll, we'll get to it, right? And we'll start with uh, Eddie Kingston versus yeah, sure. Jay Lethal with Jeff Jarrett, Kevin, uh, Karen Jarrett, Sutton Singh, and Sanjay Sanjay Dutt for the Ring of Honor World Title. This felt like kind of an add-on, an afterthought, which is unfortunate because I think if they would have built this, this could have been a hell of a little storyline. Well. You know, Eddie cut some great promos on Jay over the last few weeks. It's just, I think they were probably on Rampage. Maybe one of them was on Collision. But most of this feud has been on Rampage and Collision. And most of the feud hasn't really made sense. I think it was like Jeff Jarrett beat Eddie Kingston so Jay Lethal could get a shot at the time. Remember Jeff Jarrett beat Eddie Kingston? Oh, yeah, I forgot ago? about that. And that was so Jay could get a shot at the tight. And it's like, why would, shouldn't Jeff get the shot? He beat him. It was very, I'm still a bit confused about what's going on. Yeah, that didn't make a ton of sense. But I guess you were able to get Eddie on, you get Lethal on. Yeah, man. So, dude, solid first match for, you know, you, you you walk in, you sit down, and Eddie Kingston and Jay Lethal are out there. Oh, yeah. I, it's, it's big names in the pre-show. Uh, next up is Claudio Castagnoli and Buddy Matthews. And I guess the story we're telling here for the millionth time is Claudio respects Buddy and Buddy's kind of like, oh, maybe I don't need to be the weird goth guy and I can still get over. Yeah, Buddy is so damn talented. Uh, he should probably go to WWE, right? He's I'd like the one guy. He, nah, he's one of the guys. I think he if they if WWE got their hands on him, and put him in the in the upper mid card somewhere. I think he would do uh, a lot of good. I think he's a guy. Maybe selfishly, I would love to see him against Gunther, and just watch oh, yeah. those guys beat the fuck out of one another. Yeah, and he's with Rhea. He's well. I, I guess what I really mean by that, the reason I want to see him in WWE is because there's this piece of me that thinks he's being held back. Because Tony might think he wants to go to WWE, or he's implied he wants to leave. Uh, I just think Tony is because too many damn, people. he's so good. And when he was in WWE, the idea was, holy shit, this guy is so good. I, I can't wait till he's out of there so we could see how great he is, and we get to see how great he is. Like was like in this match, but it's like once every three months. And that's kind of the problem. It's like people appear and then vanish for days or weeks or months. Uh, or in like Abaddon's case, she's gone for a year and then just suddenly appears. No, that's like, fine. That's like the Thriller music video. She's a Halloween thing. Okay, then treat this her like that. what I've decided. <laughs> yes, I like that. That's your new rule. You're like, no, she like only once a year, like when you go out and buy like mini Kit Kats or something is when Abaddon's allowed out of the closet. Yeah, she's like Michael Myers. Exactly. She's yeah. she's like Michael Myers in that neither one of them draw in the wrestling business. Um. MJF and Samoa Joe beat the guns. This was... So I'm going to piecemeal this here. The match was fine. I think the guns are... are, are They're showing that they're a pretty good team. Max and Joe as a, as a duo, you were right. They, they waited until Collision to reveal if this was going to happen. But to me, the post-match angle is really where this thing went off the rails in spectacular fashion. This was zero hour. The idea behind a preview show is 
convince people at the last minute to order your pay-per-view. And this is not a cheap pay-per-view. This is like 50, 60 bucks, right? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, that. that's a fair point. Uh, <laughs> you don't even pay attention. You just swipe hey, call your credit your, card. Call your local cable provider for information like that. Scott, call, call the Scott cops. Just, yeah. Call a narc. Scott, Scott's credit card is just stored, and he's just like, charge me whatever. I don't know what it's like, two grand <laughs> to show. Fuck it. It's worth it. Like, you didn't know how much a gallon of milk costs. You're so disconnected from the average man. But <laughs> the show goes off the air with Max getting beaten up by the guns and loaded into an ambulance. So if you were like, yeah, and he's I- telling, he's telling Adam Cole, right? Adam Cole's there at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Which was lovely seeing Adam Cole there. And he's telling Adam Cole, don't let them take my title. Don't let them take my title. How did you feel about this moment? It was stupid. You know, here's the deal. If I'm <laughs> like, am I going to spend my money on this? Because I'm a big, you know, if you're an AEW, I'm a big MJF fan. I'm really excited to see this MJF Jay White main event. And now your pre-show is ending by saying, oh, yeah, you're not going to get your promised main event. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, I, th- I think they know you're going to get something even more interesting than just paying for MJF. Like, I think that I think I think they trust in the wrestling fan enough to know, of course, you will be getting MJF. But now, look, you're also going to get some Adam Cole storyline. No, you're getting some like WCW era bullshit storyline <laughs> rather than just here's your advertised main event. It's they're not at a they, they don't do storylines well. I think we can both kind of admit that like they kind of they kind of bungle it at some point. We, we the Brian Danielson MJF storyline turned into Max committing like vehicular homicide and then Oh yeah, no. Her. I think I think that happens a lot, but I don't know if that's happened with this. I thought whatever this web they weaved throughout the night with Adam Cole, Jay White and MJF, it was way over the top and made Pretty much almost no sense. Almost no sense. But it kept me guessing what was going to happen. And not in a negative way. I wasn't frustrated with them. And we'll get to that in the main event. But there's moments in this where I go, I'm I'm extra hyped. In for I, We'll get to it. I just, it's, it's hard to really figure out what you, what you got here. We'll get to the main event. To me, just from a business perspective, you don't want to risk somebody potentially not buying your pay-per-view because they think that you're not going to deliver on the main event. And sure. I think that's a that's a challenge. Show opens with Sting, Darby, and Adam Copeland, along with the body of Ric Flair. His mind was definitely elsewhere. He did not know where he was. Uh, beating Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. I am sorry to report, guys, Scott's fantasy booking of Ric Flair calling Christian Cage dad did not happen. What'd you think yeah, of this I was, match? I was a bit upset with this. And look, I really don't even think Rick should be there. He shouldn't be signed. But he got low blowed, right? That was funny. And he got a big reaction. He did add a little bit of star power. Which is and... insane that you need to add star power to match that sting and edge. <laughs> I know, I know. But I, I'll tell you this much. To start the show... Like this, entrances alone, I thought it was phenomenal. And then the match itself, I, I, I was crazy about it. I was like, uh, it set a really, really fun and high-paced tone for the night. Yeah, it was It was a fun match. When, and then Darby I, starts cursing on the mic after. He's dude, like, 
Darby is just <laughs> that that kid. The the pillars of AEW are paper mache pillars. With like with the exception of Max, like Darby's just a weird, creepy dude who's now gonna go climb Mount Everest. Sammy was like picking fights with guys in the back and calling Eddie Kingston fat on TV and che- you know cheating on his wife with Ty Conti and then Jungle Boy is such a liability. Wait, we don't know if that happened. We just know that they split up and now he's with Ty Conti. Sorry, yeah, the the timing on that is uh, not at all suspect. And then you got like Jack Perry, who you can't let near television. So it it is what it is. But I stand behind Darby. I will I will question Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I will question Sammy Guevara. But I think Darby is an absolute uh, star. I mean, I've never seen a bad Darby Allen match. Never, never. No, but the problem is, is at the rate that he wrestles. He's not going to be able to stand in five years. That's the scariest part. He's taking bumps designed to not be safe so they can look insane and visually you know, dynamic and people can go, oh my God, did you see what he did? But when you can't protect yourself on a fall, you're, that's going to catch up with you. Like yeah, I'm very interested in, in what happens to a, to a body that this these things happen to because – there is a a level of oh, okay. If he ends up okay, well, then his body defies science. I mean, Jeff Hardy's still alive, but that's just because he's you know pickled from all the booze. <laughs> uh, we get Orange Cassidy with Hook versus John Moxley with Wheeler Yuta. Surprise, guys! There's blood in this match, and Orange wins clean. Were you surprised? I wasn't surprised. I thought this was the right move. We all knew this was this has been a storyline for quite some time that Orange has uh, a little more fire in him, a little bit more determination. He loves this title. He's not lazy about it, and he's willing to go there with Moxley. So they told that story. That being said, we have seen this match, and I think out of all the matches on the card, this was the one my eyes kept going to my phone. Or uh, to see what was in the freezer. I yeah. liked it, but I do feel like, and I know it hasn't, but I feel like this match has opened dynamite nine times. Yes, it was good, but it was not something special. This was kind yeah. of the equivalent to years ago in WWE. Whenever they needed just a match for Raw, it was, all right, let's do Chris Jericho versus Rob Van Dam for the Intercontinental title. We'd seen it like 40 times. Was it bad? No, but you'd seen it a lot. And yeah, I mean, by all means, and I, I and I think the feud deserves a pay-per-view. It's just we have seen it. And it's also tough because Moxley's not a heel right now. So the crowd doesn't really know who to get behind or what to do. They want Orange Cassidy to win, but now you're beating a babyface John Moxley who is kind of always there in case of emergency, break glass, let's do something with Moxley. Yeah, well, you know what? You announced Orange Cassidy in in the um, Continental Classic as well, and he throws his title in there. This this Continental Classic has to reduce about this company from like, we need four less titles when this, this Continental Classic is over. This, this feels like and if Mike was here, he continental cleanup is what it needs yeah. to be. This feels like what DC comics used to do where they were just like, we have like nine multiverses and then they all just go away. 
th this is combining the the Ring of Honor title and then whatever that Ring New of Japan, Honor World title, Ring of Honor World title, Eddie New Kingston's Japan Strong title, title, and then the new they created a title for the winner of the Continental Classic that will immediately be um, put into this one title. So you know, at the end of the night, whoever wins the Continental Classic. They will be holding three titles and they will probably have a cup, you know, like um a Stanley Cup looking thing. Do they do they also win the Owen title too? <laughs> I no, who had who, uh Ricky, right? Ricky. No, 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 no. But then uh this these three titles will become after this night will become one title. Now, but how does this differ from the dynamite diamond ring? Well, because since New Japan, wait, wait, I don't know what the Dynamite Diamond Ring has anything to do with. Okay, because well, it's another so stupid thing that they have that is meaningless that they. Well, I guess this isn't because it will be a real title that technically, in like, in like specifics brain, you go New Japan Strong Title is a title that New Japan legitimately recognizes. Ring of Honor World Title is the Ring of Honor. You know, it's like it's three companies, even though Ring of Honor and AW is one company. It's three companies looking over one title and genuinely, um, you know, taking it seriously, even though we know that's not what's going to happen. Dude, wrestling should not be this difficult. No, I know. And I, but I hope the tournament's good. I'm sure the tournament. Well, we'll see. The tournament will be what it'll be. Um, they'll announce the rules and all that and the, the combatants. And I know you've got a weird thing for Brian Cage. Uh, next up, Timeless Tony Storm beats Sheeta for the AEW women's title by using a frying pan in her ass. Yep, that's right. That's uh, that's what we got. Look, the match was not very good, but Tony Storm as a character is incredible. It's just unfortunate that we've seen her win the women's title several times now that the win doesn't really mean much. I'm glad she does not champion anymore. I, she kind of bores me, but we'll we'll see uh, we'll see where this goes. Uh, are you in favor of uh, frying pans in the ass? I am. I am. And uh, and I liked this victory. Obviously, she deserved the victory and I liked the match a lot. All right. Uh, the uh, next was the oh, fuck. I clicked the wrong button. The fatal four way for the uh, AEW World Tag Team Titles: Ricky Starks and Big Bill versus La Faccione Ingrenables, which is uh, Roosh and Drillistico, uh versus FTR versus the Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King. This was a ladder match. I don't think I realized this was a ladder match, and. In the beginning, I wasn't quite well, sure because it wasn't on Dynamite, yeah, and then I think, and then I think on Collision, it was. <laughs> so I wasn't sure at first, and then these guys just decided to go try to like kill themselves. I'm like, all right, I'm all in on this, and I went up enjoying this thing a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fantastic. I I really enjoyed it. I've said it every time we've ever reviewed a ladder match. They're not my favorite kind of matches because it's a lot of standing around. But for some reason, these guys did a good job hiding while people did their spots to each other. So I enjoyed the hell out of it. And um, again, just what a fun pace for this show where there was nothing bad so far and a few great things and, and nothing important had happened yet. So 
really, really awesome shit. Yeah. I, oh, this was, up until this point, again, very, very solid show. I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked at how good this was. I did not, I thought this was too many guys. I uh, I did not know why ladders had to be involved. I think especially a lot of these guys in this match, they shouldn't be around ladders, you think in your head. And I think that's part of the reason this match was so good. They kind of used the ladders practically. And uh, damn, there were just some vicious, vicious moments, especially with Brody in the ladder. Yeah, Brody in the ladder, Brody and Big Bill facing off was kind of fun, but yeah. I wouldn't do it a ton because it does make Brody look normal sized. Just compared to how freakish Big Bill is. And it was kind of strange that Ricky Starks and Big Bill retained. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I, uh, I I felt a little weird about that. And it kind of gave away the tag uh, the tag match later on, in my in my eyes. Uh, the tag match was, we'll get to it. Uh, Julia Hart becomes the youngest person in AEW to win a title. She wins the TBS championship against Chris Statlander and Sky Blue by pinning Sky Blue. This was better than I thought it was going to be. I will I will confidently say that my expectations for it were very low, and this managed to be above that. Yeah, I thought Statlander had some really, really awesome moments in it, and the right person won, and it wasn't Statlander. So yeah, I'm I'm fine with all of it. And now Statlander hopefully maybe the title picture. Maybe we see her on Dynamite more and not just Collision, because she's awesome. Yes. Chris Statlander's awesome in the ring. Julia Hart is awesome at playing a character. Sky Blue, the internet likes her for different reasons, and and we'll leave it at that. There was apparently a Texas death match. Um, I forgot this even happened. I guess it was uh, Swerve Strickland and uh, beat Hangman Adam Page. Uh, in 29 minutes and 55 seconds, because if this went five seconds more, both men would have actually died. You want to you want to tackle this one first here, Scott? Oh, man. I don't know where to start. All right. Well, let's start with where they started. Um, <laughs> a stapler gun. And so the match begins with Hangman. I think he hits his finisher on Swerve pretty immediate. And again, this is a Texas death match. In AEW, it's just a last man standing match. Referee counts to 10. If you're still on the ground at 10, you fucking lost. And so uh, Hangman ties up Swerve, starts hitting him with the stapler gun. Not hitting him, which would have actually hurt maybe more than staples. But the visual of staples. And then the stapling of Hangman's child's finger paintings that he had on his refrigerator. That that uh, Swerve, you know, acknowledged uh, when he invaded his home, which, you know, for weeks and weeks we complained about, hey, if Swerve is going to invade your home, you need to murder this guy. You can't have this guy talking to your sleeping kid. This is like, I mean, legitimately, guys get shot in court for doing things like this, you know, and so – we were kind of disappointed in Hangman it, leading up to this, but my God, I, uh, okay. First, maybe five, six minutes. I, I kind of wanted them to stop. I was grossed out. Then I started getting it. Then I was crazy. I was rabid. 
I was genuinely concerned for them. That's why I wanted it to stop. I didn't hate it. It did make me uncomfortable, but that was the intention. Did I, did I think they went too far? Yeah. There was a lot of moments they went too far. Hangman drank swerves blood and spit it out. Um, uncomfortable barbed wire moments where they're getting stuck on hangman's face and uh but that being said i think sometimes wrestling is allowed to go too far and and what a moment to do it yeah i was only two moments has has wrestling done this to me this match and seeing um my buddy in front of the show zach amico uh wrestle in a death match where you're standing there going this is this might be too much blood. This person might not be okay. But then to the point of uh, my God, this this is what it must have felt like uh, to to watch people being fed to lions. So, I thought it was unbelievable. Yeah, dude. This look, is crazy. It was, a, it was a and Dan thinks this was like match of the year. Saint Germain thinks this is match. Yes, of the year. Dan thinks this is match. Of the year. Look, this was a spectacle. This this match, the level of violence warranted the storyline. Messing with this kid, cutting a promo on his baby, in front of his baby, in the crib. I kept saying, like, all right, I want to see them try to kind of murder each other. And they went out there and tried to kind of murder each other. I don't like death matches because... I think the watching the guys really hurt themselves in a in a choreographed fight most often is stupid. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, you're you're watching a guy smash glass over another guy or cut him with a, a, a pizza cutter or whatever it is, is what someone who can't wrestle needs to do. You need to have the exploding barbed wire and all that other shit. The problem is guys like Swerve love death matches. I remember working with him in MLW and he had a, a death match in another company where they did a spot involving a pane of a, a, a plate glass window. They they brought the window out, they set it up, and then he went through this window. And I'm like, dude, you're a really, really friggin' good wrestler. You don't need to be doing that. He just enjoys it in the way Moxley loves a lot of these ultra-violent stuff. So looking at it through that prism and understanding this is the story they wanted to tell, they told a really good story. It's gruesome. It's hard to watch in certain places. It's not my cup of tea. My biggest problem with it, they did a cinder block spot that was not the finish of the match. And it's hard to take anything else seriously when you see a guy get a cinder block cracked across the back of his head and he's still moving. He's not dead. And knowing what the finish of the main event was going to be, I would have stayed away from like that should have been it. Like he should have been just he they they could have killed him sooner rather than keep going even further. Um I know some people were upset about the hanging spot. Those are risky to do. The the even even when done safely. I remember it's like the boss man hang hanging spot where it got botched and he was actually choking. Uh there are moments where guys have gotten twisted up in the ropes and they're and they're actively choking. It's just it's Really, really risky. I'm glad they were able to pull it off. To me, the risk is not really worth it. I never like glass in anything. It just, like, I know every Thanksgiving I watch Home Alone, the spot with him stepping on the ornaments and breaking, nope, that's just, it still fucking creeps me out all these years later. 
That being said, coming off of the match, Swerve Strickland is your top main event heel. And from that perspective and that perspective alone, this was a huge win. Yeah. I mean, look, I also, I know there's some complaints because we didn't even really mention it. Brian Cage does come out. Yes. And you get like a two or three minute Hangman Adam Page, Brian Cage match. Like they go at it. Um, I was fine with it because you are having Swerve go over in a match that Hangman really should go over in. And so it's like, you know, it's like piling uh, things on top of Frankenstein. You got to do it. And that's how they did it to defeat Hangman. I'm fine with it. The hanging spot. I mean, hanging the hangman, Swerve, Swerve should call himself hangman, hangman Swerve Strickland. Uh, but no, he'll probably be in the Continental Classic and and hangman will be too. Even yeah. though I really do think Swerve should be on television this week, but I don't know if he should wrestle in like the next two weeks. I think they got to start getting smarter with stuff like that, especially when people are saying, oh my God, it looked like these guys killed each other. Maybe maybe act like they they're hurting. Yes, give give them the time off. Uh, let let Hangman uh, go celebrate Thanksgiving with his family. After this, they announced the big signing of uh, of twenty twenty three, and good news, guys. We're getting Will Osprey on layaway. This is like you know, it's Christmas. You open up the box, and it's a certificate for the toy that's going to arrive in March. I'm hyped about this toy, man. Oh no, this is look. This is a, and we'll we'll get to the other. The we'll 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 talk about the other rumor in a, in a little bit. But this would have been a nice get for WWE. This was essential for AEW. They absolutely need Osprey, and I'm sure they overpaid like crazy to get him. And this is a a grand slam for for Tony Khan. Yeah, I agree. And I, I know a few, like Mike Lawrence, um, thought it was a bit of a dud of an announcement because we've seen him wrestle in AEW. Well, that was, that was what I said. Like, we've, we've seen him. He's not new. Sure. But I do think in, in the context of what might be happening, the ne- shit, on Saturday, we might get CM Punk. Um, We're not come- getting CM Punk on Saturday, but sure. Well, okay, but, you know, come the end of the year or the beginning of next year, we might be getting, well, we thought MJ, you know, that's another thing we can talk about later. What I'm saying is to establish early before WWE gets a few more victories because WWE has been getting win, win, win. You do need to kind of come out immediately and go, oh, there won't even be speculation come January about where this guy is going while WWE is on a roll. No, we got him now. And, I mean, the fact of the matter is he's the best in-ring wrestler in the world. Uh, Bar none. I mean, the best matches of the year are, like, the top ten. He's in eight of them. So, as long as he can stay healthy, yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy you got to hire. Other than, again, legit CM Punk. It's a great signing for AEW. I don't know that it's a great signing for Will Ospreay. I think Osprey had the opportunity to go to WWE and have a lot of dream matches with guys right now who might not be there when this current contract is up. I don't like the concept of Osprey, the door being closed on an Osprey Mysterio. 
or an Osprey Nakamura or an Osprey Styles. Hey, do you know when Styles' contract is up? Because that's a guy who will be treated like a um, like the legend that he is. In so it's tough because for him, since the Earth is flat, it doesn't rotate. So I don't know if years apply <laughs> to him. Uh, no, I'm not entirely sure how long Tall Hornswoggle has on his contract, but um, the haircut, he looks like Taller Hornswoggle. I can't help it, but I would have liked to have seen Osprey in WWE, obviously. I just think the matches we're going to get with him in AEW, a lot of them are going to be kind of retreads, but he's also your insurance policy. He is your potential next big main eventer, and the path of Swerve being the guy to unseat Max, hypothetically, and then having a little bit of a run where he can work with Kenny and Brian and Hangman and then do a match with Osprey. That's a hell of a 24 right there if they can play that out nicely. Oh, it's massive, yeah. And yeah, you're right. At Wembley, I mean, Osprey in the main event, no doubt. 100%. Um, we get easily Scott's favorite match of the night. The Golden Jets, his favorite tag team, triumphantly defeat the Young Bucks, which means, guys, the Golden Jets are here to stay, and they are the number one contenders for the AEW tag titles, which are currently held by Ricky Starks and Big Bill. But at the rate that it takes them to cash this in, it might be, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Devon Dudley's kids. <laughs> they're they're killing me with the uh, with the continuation of the Golden Jets. I'm obviously. Only because, not because it's bad, it's just Kenny can always be doing better things unless he's hurting and he needs to be in tag matches. That being said, this match reminded me of a few weeks ago. <clears throat> they had a Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins on Raw. Yes. And you went, damn, this was well done. Damn, this was slow-paced at first, but the crowd got into it. Now, this followed a Texas death match that was like, um, a kill, kill, murder, Matt. It was it was demented. The crowd kind of hated the Bucks in moments, which I thought was very interesting. And by the end, they told the story they meant to tell, and they won over the crowd. Not just, oh, we like the Young Bucks, but, oh, we love this match. And, I mean, they won me. I was, I was in love with this match. The rest of this show after that death match felt like in New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom – what happens is, like, somewhere towards the last few matches, somebody steals the show. Yeah. And then it is the job of everybody else to kind of change the pace of their match to reset the audience and then win them back. So by the time the main event happens and by the time the end of this match happened, the crowd was was ready, man. I mean, cut to the main event, crowd was going apeshit. Yeah. I, yeah, I was I will, a fan, but dude, don't do this with Kenny and Jericho. Come on. So here's the deal. This is uh, uh, this be fun plug uh, for my new show, Rumor and Innuendo, which starts on November 27th. So peek behind the curtain today, November 21st. Nick and I recorded our 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 pilot, our our kind of test show, and we did it behind the Patreon wall for the ad free shows, folks. So if you're listening to this on ad free shows, go watch that show but what nick kind of broke on that show or talked about was this tag match situation the bucks were not happy 
that Ricky Starks and Big Bill won the tag titles. They they wanted the Bucks against FTR for the rematch in Los Angeles because the the Bucks lost in Wembley. This is their home turf. This was the logical next step. That's why the Bucks were the number one contenders for the AEW tag titles. Things changed. Bucks not happy about it. This match was put together as a mea culpa to appease Matt and Nick Jackson. And if this match didn't happen, they were not going to be on the show. So that's why this thing kind of got thrown together the way that it did. The idea is the Bucks are going to turn heel further since they've already turned heel because people kind of hate them. Um, they hate the they, they celebrated when there was that little glitch and they were no longer listed as the EVPs on the website. People are like, oh, good. Fuck those guys. They're gone. People hate the Young Bucks, not just me. People hate the Young Bucks. So it's give them something to boo. And that's why there's not going to do being the elite going forward uh, for, for a while. Brandon Cutler is going to be with them a lot more to be a heat magnet for them. So have we're you noticed getting- the statements and have, have you gotten a sense of what they're taking a shot at? Because I have and I like it. Obviously, I love the Young Bucks. They're, they're great. But en- Enlighten us. In my head... And this might be feeding too much into it. Ask Nick, though. But, dude, those last few months of Punk being... Okay, so the last few days, um, Brand- Brandon Cutler has been kind of speaking on behalf of the Bucks, posting as sort of their like inside guy, their PR guy. Uh, the Young Bucks will be taking time off. The Young Bucks are this. The Young Bucks are that, you know? And if you remember the last few months of CM Punk being in AEW... Uh, this guy who, you know, apparently hates the dirt sheets was speaking through, in my opinion, Nick Hausman. And so is Brandon Cutler, Nick Hausman, and they are CM Punk. Uh, no, because I wouldn't do a show with Brandon Cutler. <laughs> Cutler rules. Dude, boxes heels. This is going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Cutler, who was part of our uh, cameo Secret Santa last year, uh, which, by the way, fun little plug, guys. I've been working with Dan to try to settle down exactly the dates. It's probably going to be the week of December 18th. We will be doing our uh, annual Wrestle Roast Live Christmas Spectacular, Holiday Spectacular, as the Jew. I should not fuck that up. Uh, where we do, where we each get each other cameo secret Santas. We do a live roast. It's going to be a blast. Uh, that being said, heel young bucks makes a lot more sense than trying to pretend they're baby faces. Speaking of pretending you guys are baby face in the main event. Whew. So MJF is hurt. MJF has his, his ankle, his leg, whatever he's injured. They've ambulanced him out. He's not cleared to compete. He's not allowed to wrestle in theory. Adam Cole, who just had legitimate ankle surgery has been cleared by AEW doctors to defend the title against Jay White in the main event. They hop around each other. They stare at one another. The ambulance shows up. Max comes out of the ambulance like Stone Cold Steve Austin, replacing Adam Cole, and then injured, hobbled, barely able to stand, MJF beats Jay White to retain the AEW World Championship by using the the dreaded, dastardly dynamite diamond ring to the head when two matches prior, we watched Shane Strickland uh, stab Adam Page with a samurai sword 15 times, and it didn't finish him. 
this match went a half hour. In my opinion, it went about 15 minutes too long. Uh, Max legitimately hurt himself on the elbow dive through the botched table. And Jay White, I think we can both agree, is is no longer the A1 heel in AEW. Well, I don't think he was ever the A1 heel in AEW. If you're the number one contender for the world title and you're main eventing a pay-per-view, you are the A1 heel. Um... Well, no, I don't know if that's ever been true unless it's like WrestleMania, unless it's the main show of the year. When you do four pay-per-views and this is your main event headlining, this has been your guy. Like when Nakamura was going up against Rollins, that wasn't closing the show. Yeah, but I mean, there's been plenty, you know, Kevin Owens isn't the uh, A1 guy. Either way. This is is fraudulent. Kevin Owens likes A1 on his stake. This is excess Jay White hatred. I've seen it on the internet. Um, just like you've said, he, he lost to getting punched in the, in the forehead with brass knuckles when we saw Swerve get murdered. Um, it was also a, a 30 minute banger. Uh, people say, oh, MJF had a hurt leg. How could he go 30 minutes with Jay White? Well, cause Jay White mocked the fact that he had a hurt leg most of the time, uh, until MJF could get the upper hand, but Jay White was toying him the whole time. And I think in terms of Jay White being the the number one heel, uh, that happens when he doesn't have, you know, four other guys surrounding him. Uh, just like it happened with Triple H after DX. Way after D- Way, way, way after DX. All right. So, so you, you heard it here per Scott Chaplin. Uh, Jay White's the new Triple H. Oh, Jay White is the new Triple H. I think Dan would agree. Uh, and, and that's why I think this match was so good and the crowd was so behind it because – there's those sports entertainment elements, but every move that they actually do is well executed and does matter because that's what JY can do. Um, and that's what and, and MJF went for it. I mean, uh, the, the cutter from the outside, the elbow drop when the table was already broken. He did not have to do that, but he did. And again, the crowd just going nuts after like a four-hour pay-per-view. And what I did like about Adam Cole coming out is even when he's standing there in the ring in his regular clothes and it doesn't seem like he has gear on, you're still sitting there going, oh my God, does he have his gear on underneath this? And for that alone, it just like heightened all of your senses that everybody is up on a Saturday night. Yeah, I did did not have that feeling because there's no way he could look scrawnier. (laughs) This shit was fantastic. This shit was fine. Uh, it was a good match. It was, it was, look, it was a very solid match. I feel like they overbooked it like crazy with a lot of the, the shit that they were doing in this. The, I didn't need the teases. I, you just, you didn't need it. I don't think it added anything to the intrigue of the pay per view because you already had Max's motivation for wanting to beat Jay White. He wants his title back. He hates the fact that Jay White has made his life a living hell. And the reason why this is infinitely stranger is the story you are telling is Max is being assailed on all sides. You've got Samoa Joe who wants to kill him. You've got Wardlow who wants to kill him. You've got this devil that's pursuing him, and we don't know who it is who's making his life a living hell. You've got Adam Cole, his best friend, gallantly trying to defend him on one leg. And when all is said and done, 
we paid off none of those storylines. We don't know who the devil is. Max was not attacked after by Joe. He was not attacked after by Wardlow. He triumphed over Jay White. He got his title back. Everybody's happy. And that was the end of the pay-per-view that people felt because of all these storyline moves that were going on. Oh, we're definitely going to get some sort of storyline payoff. And we didn't. Um, sure. I mean, I think one storyline payoff is other than completing the Jay White feud is Adam Cole was at ringside and the devil didn't show up. Well, no, the the devil was busy live tweeting, uh, which was, uh, Britt Baker, who was annoyed that Adam Cole was there. Oh, I love that. Even at the, uh, the press conference after, I guess Adam Cole was like MJF and Tony Connor sitting at the table talking and Adam Cole is standing and Britt is like, why is the guy with the leg that's hurt standing? Yeah. She, uh, either Funny she's too. the devil or she is a handful. Uh, all right, let's go to our Scotty Meltzer flaming bowling pin ranking system. If this is your first time listening to the show, where the fuck have you been the last four years? Uh, rather than using Dave Meltzer's star system like anybody can, his brother Scotty Meltzer is a magician for corporate events. So we use the Scotty Meltzer flaming bowling pin scale of one to five flaming bowling pin. Scott, what would you give this pay-per-view? You know, starting with uh, the Edge Sting Darby match that I thought was so unbelievable. That was such a high spot. Uh, Will Ospreay being announced. Uh, The final three matches, I think, doing something really special in my eyes. Uh, The latter match. I mean, maybe there was two matches on this that weren't completely worth my time. So, hmm. 4.5? 4. 4.7. 4.7. 4.7. All right. Um, That was also Nick Hogan's blood alcohol level. But uh, <laughs> hey, that's my high spot. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> no. I, look, I think the match, my takeaway, and I texted this to the group was I wish AEW was just a pay per view company because they put on these insane pay per views that, for the most part, deliver. The, there's only so much you can do with like the women's triple threat match. I get that. But you watch these matches. There was nothing on here that was technically bad at all. I think the overplaying of the storyline with Adam Cole drove me nuts, but I'm going to go uh, four and a quarter on this. If you did not check out full gear, I recommend using purely legal means. You know, you gotta, you gotta watch wrestling. Gotta watch wrestling. Right, Scott. Oh yeah. Watch wrestling. Necessary. I think that was about, that was about, Watching wrestling, right? Yes, just watch wrestling is one word, obviously. And if you Google it, and whatever comes up, theoretically comes up. Not me. Not I would. Ne- I don't know what you're talking about. But what I do know is on the other side of the of the channel this weekend is the Thanksgiving tradition uh, of eating way too much, self loathing, and then watching Survivor Series. I'm I'm excited for this Survivor Series show. Right now, it stands as a five-match card. There is the possibility of a sixth match, but we're going to do some predictions. Scott, are you, you ready? Are you excited for this? Yeah, I, I, I think this is going to be a good show. Uh, the, the first yeah, I match... Mean, they're, they're, this, again, this AEW pay-per-view was, was some top-tier shit, and so they got to they gotta come with it, and I think they will, bro. Well, I think the AEW pay-per-view 
was a hell of a show that going into it, neither one of us were super excited about. We're like, they're going to deliver because the matches are going to be good, but the buildup to it ain't so great. Uh, the buildup here for these matches, all of the storylines going into them in one way or another makes sense. And I think that's why I'm really excited about this. Uh, the first match is Carlito versus Santos Escobar. Escobar turning on, on Ray and the LWO after the fall out of Crown Jewel with Ray on the shelf with his knee. It's Carlito. I think Santos is a really special performer. I'm excited to see him as a heel. Dan and I have both agreed as a babyface. It's been a little bit of an adjustment. And I don't see any reason why Santos doesn't uh, win here against Carlito. Yeah, I mean, unless they have some in- intent to push Carlito to the moon, you don't have Santos turn on Rey Mysterio and then Carlito's the guy who beats Santos. No. Well, there's also the possibility people are saying that um, you could see Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo uh, the uh, joining up with Escobar here and interfering. Oh, I'm into that. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark. They're telling the Rhea Ripley version of the MJF story, which is she's busy trying to keep Judgment Day together. She's trying to strategize their war game situation. Uh, she's trying to bring in Drew McIntyre. And now, oh, by the way, she has to defend her title here against Zoe Stark, who's singularly focused. That being said, there's not a snowball chance in hell Rhea's losing this one, Scott. No, she's main eventing. When's the Australia show? Uh, I think it's February, the Chamber. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, unless they want her to win it there, she, no, she's not losing. No. No. Uh, Gunther and The Miz, which sounds like a terrible sitcom, this one on Raw Monday night, their promo really over-delivered. Miz talking about, you know, how he deserves more respect than what Gunther's given him, and Gunther's like, dude, you're, you're an entertainment guy. All you ever did was complain about how you were bullied when you got here. You weren't bullied enough. So I'm going to finish the job. Uh, Gunther doing interviews where he talks about when Miz was on top, that was Gunther's least favorite time of watching the WWE. It was the least entertaining and interesting stuff. That's been a blast. Miz is a really capable hand, and Gunther is going to beat the shit out of him. And that's going to be a really fun match that sneakily I think could be a lot better than people are expecting. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I've never even thought of this match until you brought it up. Um, but the fact that the, we know the Miz can go when the Miz wants to go, uh, but we also know Miz isn't the best. That being said, because we rarely see Miz do amazing things, um, him selling to Gunther and just going into the match going, you know what? I'm going to take it like I'm Sheamus for once uh, is is going to blow people's mind. It's going to blow the Internet's mind. They're going to go, oh, my God, look at Miz's chest. Yeah, I think they're going to turn him into hamburger meat. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, next up, we've got the Shinsuke Nakamura mystery match. That people seem to I think like is going to be him that. against Punk. I don't see them debuting CM Punk here in this in this thing. Do you? Do you? Oh yeah, it's Chicago. It's buzzworthy. It's look at the end of the day. 
it is a business oh, and now it's TKO, right? Yep. Where um UFC, I mean everything UFC does that's major is something people are paying for. Every time you see anything exciting happening or a big return, you are paying for it on pay-per-view. And so if a guy shows up, he shows up on pay. I mean, shit, when the UFC announced that CM Punk would be fighting uh, years ago, they announced it on a pay-per-view. I remember CM Punk standing there. And so why not have him come out, have people freak out, and then, oh, my God, he's going to have a microphone on Monday? He just he just beat Shinsuke on Saturday, and dude's going to have a mic on Monday? That's huge. It is, but unless there's be unless there's an issue, unless there's nah, like an I, actual beef, which I don't, dude, think, get I don't over think there's it, a whatever. I don't think there's a beef. I think they don't need him for this show. Building's already sold out. There's no there's no way to fill an extra. It's no longer about selling out. It's about it's about people going nuts about about uh, the shit they're putting out. Okay, but the other part of that is you want the crowd to go nuts for your return to the main event. Like it's that guy's night and, you know, we'll get to it in a moment, but like there's already a, a big return. There's already something that the, they want the audience to be hyped about. I don't think debuting punk okay, but, here. But now is this Shinsuke mystery match definitely happening? Uh, I don't think they've announced it as being, it's just, he's, he's constantly talking about one, you know, there's a mystery opponent that he's coming after. People have just sort of assumed that this means there's going to be a six match and it's going to be Nakamura against Punk. I'm not in that camp. I would be thrilled if it wound up, I wound up being proven wrong, but I guess What's we'll see. Uh, I don't know if they're even going to do it. Okay. They, okay. they might save it for a, a Raw or something. You heard they uh, want Okada, right? I did hear they want Okada. And I think Okada makes a lot of sense because Okada is physically at a point right now where you talk to Nakamura and you're like, well, you know how to wrestle a WWE style and it's easier on your body. I can do that and get more longevity and cash a huge paycheck. And with Vince gone, they're not going to like make Okada debut as like, you know, Kai and Tai with Bruce Pritchard like dubbing over him. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he's done everything he can in new Japan to the point where People talk about him like he's Ric Flair, and so, and he's only in his thirties. So, you you got to go to the states at some point. Obviously, I would prefer AEW, but I haven't been blown away by an Okada match in in maybe two years. Like blown away, blown away. Um, and so maybe he does need to go to WWE. I don't know. I mean, I would, look, I would be hyped. I would think it was awesome if it him, happened. Him, him and Roman, him and Seth, him and Brock. Yeah, and, and just um, again letting him cut Japanese promos, translating however you need to translate, just going for it. I like it, and given the news this week that supposedly MJF has already signed a new deal with AEW. Um, yeah, what's be going on with that? You think Tony is a uh... I mean, we're talking like, am I wrong for thinking, oh, MJF gets like three mil, um, three mil deal? Well, because these guys, I heard it's till 2027. One of the rumors says that, that uh, so WWE internally, some, some folks within WWE have basically said, uh, 
they told my my esteemed co-host Nick Hausman on Rumor and Innuendo starting Monday, November 27th on uh, all platforms at noon Eastern streaming video live. Uh, they told Nick that, uh, look, we're, we're sick of getting pulled into this whole bidding war of 2024. Our internal belief is Max has signed a deal with AEW. Some people think he signed until 2027. There are no active negotiations going on with WWE and MJF. This is what a WWE source is saying. Um, it would make sense because much like Osprey, I, I use this in, in lawyer negotiating terms here. There are needs and there are nice to haves. And for right now for WWE, MJF and Will Osprey are nice to haves. They don't necessarily need them. Tony needs them. He has invested so much TV time over the last two and a half years to Max as a top heel and now a top babyface that if he were to turn around and leave come January, that's a massive like that's a massive blow uh, to lose Osprey, the guy that in his mind he introduced to the U.S. audience, and that guy shows up on WWE TV, massive fucking cataclysm. WWE right now everything's firing on all cylinders. You you look at the men's war games match. And any one of those guys can be your main event guy right now in WWE. Cody, Seth, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Randy Orton, all top-tier main event guys. They're positioning Priest to be a top-tier main event guy. You've got Finn that you always move around. Drew, as a heel, can be a top-tier main event guy. They are doing just fine right now. That it would be great if they had Max and Osprey. They don't need them. But in Tony Khan world... You're losing Sting. You're losing Brian. You don't know how much longer you got Jericho. You don't know how much longer you got Kenny in the shape that he's in. The Bucks are emo teens. Lock down these young guys and go forward. I'm into it. Of course you're into it because he's saying hey, nice things about AEW. Hey, you've, you've sold me on AEW, brother. Dude, I, it's like I, I pointed this out before. I would, I would fire. So very many people that work in AEW who I'm sure are very nice people, but you just don't need them. But if you tell me you've got a company you're building around MJF, Swerve, you're building around Takeshita, you've got Kyle Fletcher, you've got Will Ospreay, you've got the acclaimed, you've got Jay White, you've got a lot of really talented guys who Wardlow, Hobbs. Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson. Fuck yourself. The gun. I like the guns. I would keep the guns. Juice Robinson oh, would better not answer his phone. Right? Guns are guns really stepped God it up. They've, they've the done guns a wonderful better than job. The acclaimed. No one even wants to talk about it, but low key have become better than the acclaimed. Well, it's because the acclaimed are never on television, so it's easy to be better when when you're when you're on TV. I there, just think, there, yeah, maybe you're right. AW just had, and there's so many guys at AW just has woefully underused that now they're kind of, but like Miro and Roosh and uh, Andrade and House of Black. They just have so much amazing talent that you can cut a whole bunch of guys, build on this young core, and you're going to be fine for the next five, 10 years going forward. Like if I'm, all due respect, if you're Jeff Hardy, I wouldn't be answering my phone right now. But that's neither hide nor hair. We got two War Games matches. The women's War Games match, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch against Damage Control, Bailey, Asuka, Io, and Kyrie. Who you got? Uh, the Io and Kyrie team. Damage Control. Damage Control. I'm going the opposite here. I think the babyfaces are going to win 
because I think that Bailey's going to wind up costing damage control of the match. They're telling this story that Bailey feels ostracized uh, because now Asuka and Kyrie are, are there with EO. They all have like inside jokes where they're speaking Japanese, which Dakota Kai speaks. And Bailey is just becoming insecure and paranoid. And I think her losing the War Games match is going to feed into that until eventually they kick her to the curb and she becomes a massive babyface. I think uh, I think Bailey's going to reveal that she's been practicing Japanese for the for the last few months, and she's going to speak Japanese to them, and they're going to win because you can't have two the the men's team has to the men's face team has to win, so you have two face team win more. I guess you can. It's like a Marvel movie. Yeah, you can do that. So the men's side. It's Cody, Seth, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Randy Orton versus Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. The heels uh, have the advantage. Uh, somebody gave this uh, hypothetical, and I can't shake it, that they feel that Orton is going to turn on Cody. That there's going to be a moment where Randy's back, he's cheering, he's cheering, he's cheering, boom, he hits the RKO. I felt that too. I think there's a real interesting moment there. There was a moment at the end of Raw when Cody was going to announce who who the fifth man was, and Jey Uso realizes who it is, and he gets this oh shit look on his face because the last time we saw Orton was Orton and Riddle against the Usos, and that was the match that put him on the shelf for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. So I like this idea that Jey Uso's worried that Cody is uh, is setting him up for failure by bringing in another dude who wants to see him killed. So I think there really is a strong possibility that Randy Orton is going to turn on uh, on the baby faces. Judgment Day is just is a white-hot group right now. On the other hand, J.D. McDonough is a dude that you can easily beat. Sure, sure. Now, McIntyre, though, what is he doing this? McIntyre I mean, is right? Look, Drew, Drew, was, Drew looked like a killer on Raw. He beat Jey Uso in the main event. Damn. He looked awesome. I think him and Seth for the title – is great for is there a December pay per view or do we just jump right to uh the rumble? Hold on, I just it do they still this, do day one? I I don't know what the hell they do at this point. They like they bring pay per views in, they cancel them. Remember uh, uh, December to dismember? Wasn't course, that one? Yes, of course I remember that. Yeah, the next WWE pay per view is Royal Rumble, December dismember that we reviewed on this this uh, show for Patreon. Considered one of the worst pay per views of all time. But yeah, I don't think Survivor Series 2023 is going to be the worst pay per view of all time. I'm I'm really looking forward. Both, to both it. will feature CM Punk. Hmm, that's true. Both did feature CM Punk. Um, that being said, let's get to our high spot and low spot of the week here. Um, Scott, what do you what do you got? Oh, my high spot is going to be that Texas Death Match, and my low spot is going to be the the negative reaction to that Texas death match. And I don't just mean, Oh, I didn't like that. I think that's fine. There was parts of it. I didn't like, um, I saw people trying to like bring up old swerve interviews where they're claiming, you know, Oh, he's a piece of shit for this thing. And it's like, what, this was from a year ago. Why is this being brought up this weekend? Oh, because swerve and hangman did something that, you know, caught the eye of TMZ, um, made guys like Dan St. Germain say that was the best 
Texas death. You know, Dan said that was the best death match he's ever seen. Um, in terms of death matches, I do remember watching a lot when I was a kid because they were super popular on VHS to watch death matches. You could just like go to a not blockbuster, but like local VHS stores always had like a rack of yes of guys killing each other. Yeah. And um and I watched all that shit. And Dan might be right. And I I remember the stuff being like, oh wow, that's that's messed up, but it wasn't as like visceral. This this had like because it was slower and because they are professionals, I, I thought it did come off a little more demented. And I like it for that reason. It came off like a really badass movie. So yeah, that's my high spot. Yeah, it didn't bother me as much as people seem to be upset about it. I'm a guy who doesn't like death matches. Um, my high spot of the week from the Gunther Miz promo. Never thought this would be a high spot. The crowd starts chanting USA. And Gunther just pauses confused. And just as like, those three letters mean nothing to me. I don't know why you're doing that. And it was just so fucking good. Uh, Gunther's awesome. My low spots, one, the Nick Hogan stuff is so bizarre that this dude, after what he went through before, um, to now get another DUI, and that apparently he was supposedly, according I think it's like TMZ said, before his DUI, he was seen at Hogan's Beach at the restaurant drinking with his dad where they were judging a bikini contest. Amazing. Like just it's so clear water. It can't it can't be any better. My other low spot. I couldn't believe this was real, but because it was texted and then it turns out it was true on Friday night this past week at the Kia Forum during a Ring of Honor taping. Ronda Rousey appeared. That's right. She is not signed to AEW. She is not an AEW competitor. This was to, as a kind of a favor for Marina Shafir. This was a follow-up to something that happened in an indie show that she was at. Scott, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, I thought it was a little weird when I first saw what happened. I, I think I texted you guys like, hey, I think Ronda debuted at the Ring of Honor taping which was after the collision taping and rampage taping. Yeah. This crowd was probably dead and probably not really, probably some of them left maybe. Uh, so yeah, there's parts of it that I think are weird. Cause you go Ronda Rousey. That's a, that's a big enough get. I don't care, but it's a get that you should put it on television like dynamite. Um, especially for casuals. If you're going to have people like, if you think Paul white is a goddamn draw, and Ronda Rousey is a draw too. Oh yeah. But for sure. it turns out it's just she's not signed and she did a favor. And in that context, and the context of she does not want to be a wrestler apparently anymore, and she lives in the area and will pop in to do fun wrestling stuff. I got no problem with someone who doesn't do a thing, you know, who's retired from a thing, driving down the street and doing it if that's what they want to do. Yeah, I think they could have made more money doing it, but I guess that's not what any that's not what she wants. Tony so, doesn't give a I'm shit cool about money. It. No, Tony doesn't care about money, but we do, which is why we would encourage you to join you our know, Patreon. They get all the pictures. Just get a bunch of pictures of her. Snap, 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 snap. You know, it's yeah. not even the match itself. It's just you had Ronda come out at Ring of Honor. You own that footage. You own those photographs. Um, 
I mean, literally, if they had like an intro, Ring of Honor's intro can forever use Ronda Rousey, and I don't even care. It's like good for them, and that's worth it. All right, Scott, what do you uh, what do you want to plug? Ooh, my other podcast, Out for Smokes, and uh, this uh, Patreon, because yeah, I'm definitely reviewing Dynamite, uh, and I'm hyped for Dynamite. So I'm yeah. sure I'm sure you are. Uh, <laughs> I'll be yes, I'll be back this weekend on the Patreon talking SmackDown uh, and probably Collision. We will be back next week reviewing uh, Survivor Series. We'll be talking Dynamite for real. We'll be talking whatever wacky news happened post Thanksgiving. I think uh, your your girl Tammy Sitch is being sentenced this week, so we'll be able to touch on that. Um, yeah, how many years do you think? Uh, I think the max they can give her is twenty, so I think probably over fifteen. Because I know she did take, you know, she did plead no contest. So we will we will see what that looks like. Uh, you can. Oh, so she'll still be gorgeous when she comes out. Oh, yeah, that won't stop you from trying to fuck her. No, not at all. <laughs> it's kind of why I love that. Like Dolph supposedly fucked her just to be like. I wanted to just say I did it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you had posters of her as a kid. Yeah. People had posters of her. It doesn't mean that you're just like, oh, yeah, that that's 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 a mountain I want to climb. Like Darby's climbing Mount Everest. That seems less dangerous than sex with Tammy Sitch. Hey, don't don't sometimes people die climbing Mount Everest? Lots and lots of times, at least once or twice a year. Someone just died uh, recently trying to climb Everest. So interesting that he would just do that. And there's tons of bodies up there because they can't get the bodies off. So there's just dead bodies on your climb. And you think the wind and his weight? Well, yeah, he weighs like 11 pounds. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be spectacular. Uh, he looks was... like the Grinch's dog, dude. On the mountain, he's gonna look like the Grinch's dog up there, dude. Now I can't unsee that, and and that's one of your pillars. Um, I've got my other show that I, I don't think I've plugged enough debuting on Monday, starting Monday the 27th. It'll be Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. It's a live video streaming podcast. Uh, if you go to my WWE creative underscore ISH Twitter account, you'll be able to watch it from there. You can watch it from the rumor and innuendo YouTube page. Go and subscribe to that. If you miss the show live, you can go watch it later on in the day, or it will be on audio format later on in the day, wherever podcasts are uh so I was gonna say soul, but they're not sold. Wherever you, wherever, wherever you get this, wherever podcasts. Dude, are I don't know how this works. I have Spotify. I type in some stuff, and it just pops up. I don't know how any of this shit works. What I do know is this is the best. It's Thanksgiving time. I'm thankful getting to do the show with you, Scott. Thankful oh, for the yeah, forbidden dorks. For yeah. uh, I, I will wish everybody a, a very happy Thanksgiving. And Scott, what do you want to say? Uh, after uh, that turkey dinner, wash your hands. And, and when you're prepping the turkey, because of all the salmonella. Oh, please. Yes. Amen. Wash your hands, guys. Thank you. <laughs>